Welcome back to Couple of Criminals. This is Mariah. And this is Anton, and we are your average couple reviewing your not-so-average crimes. This episode is number 33 of a 50-part series that we are doing where the episodes are based on a different crime in each state in the United States of America and are in alphabetical order. So today's case will be based on a crime in North Carolina. Before I get into the crime that I chose, let's hear from Anton with his joke of the day. All right, Mariah. Which dog breed does Dracula love the most? Ooh, a Halloween joke. Uh, I don't know. A bloodhound. Oh, that's, I should have guessed that one. Yeah, that's that was good... kind of easy, but that was brought to you by my dad. Oh, Bill Steinmetz, thank you for that. We appreciate it. Oh, that's a good, oh, I didn't even think about doing Halloween jokes for the month Honestly, of October. Honestly, me neither, till, my, till he sent it to me. Well, next week we will be bringing you another Halloween joke. Well, hopefully, I guess I don't choose them, but... You will bring us Yes, we one. will have another Halloween yeah. joke next week. <gasps> okay, so before I get into today's case that I chose, I want to give a precautionary warning to listeners that this case does involve minor sexual allegations as well as suicide. And so I just wanted to give that warning to listeners ahead of time so you know what kind of case this is going to have and what details will be involved. So the case that I've selected takes place during the holidays. And right now we are actually in the time of year where the holidays seem to go so quickly. Well, yeah, there's three I know, in a back row to back. for each month. So yeah, it's what great. a great time of year. I know. So first, it's the first day of fall, which we just celebrated. Then there's Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And then all of a sudden we are celebrating New Year's Eve with New Year's Day. They all seem to go by in the blink of an eye. And like you said, they're back to back. I mean, it's month after month after month. And then all of a sudden it's 2024 and we'll quickly be in the spring and then summer. And then we're back again to celebrating the holidays too quickly. Well, today's case takes place in the middle of December, but I don't want to begin there. Rather, I will begin in 1911 with Charles Lawson and Fanny Manning. In 1911 is when these two, Charles and Fanny, were married and ended up having eight children together. Sadly, they ended up losing their third child, William, at the young age of six due to an illness that ended up being fatal. So the Lawson family, after the loss of William, were down to seven children. The Lawson brothers in the late 20s relocated to Germantown to begin a career in tobacco farming, and with this move, Charles moved as well and relocated his family to Germantown with them. The brothers worked as tobacco farmers, and after enough time and work, Charles was able to finally save up enough money to purchase his family a home and a farm. In the evenings, the family would work together DIYing different things around the house and the farm. Some of these projects were more strenuous than others, and one evening, when the family was working outside removing rotten timbers on the property, Charles was using an axe to help in this removal process, and while using the axe, he accidentally hit himself in the head with it. After this head injury, it appeared that Charles was affected by it, but friends, neighbors, and family could tell the injury had affected him and his personality. So just so it's to, like a trigger switched from him hitting himself in the head. Well, I think it was more of kind of just like a concussion that was severe enough that caused brain damage. Because of the end of that, or the head of the axe hitting his head. And it was said that it hit his forehead, so that's your front temple. And so, I don't know. Supposedly, people who were close to him claimed that they could tell that this injury affected him and his personality. So, a brain injury. So, a couple years after this exciting home purchase and potential progress in the Lawson family, they were now celebrating the holidays in what would be December of 1929. 
I feel like it is almost tradition nowadays. Well, at least for us, we go out and get matching pajamas and then take cute family photos around the holidays. With every family, I think, there is some aspect of this that people incorporate into their holiday traditions each year. Well, in the late 20s, the Lawsons also incorporated this kind of tradition into their holidays. A couple weeks before Christmas, Charles Lawson took his whole family into town outside of the small city in which they lived, which was called Brook Cove. He took him, his wife, and his seven children into Winston-Salem and took them shopping to get new clothes and fancy outfits. It wasn't matching pajamas like what we're used to, but the clothes he purchased were in fact for his family and they were a significant expense for a family that's income is coming from a low stream tobacco farm. So it was a big shock that he was making this huge expense with minimal wage because he's the only one working, of course. Not only did the expense of the clothes cost a lot, but then Charles expressed to his family to stay in the clothes they had just purchased. And then they headed to a portrait hall and had a family picture taken. And again, for this tobacco farmer, he was able to make something special for his family just a couple weeks before Christmas Day, which I think is amazing. Yeah, and that is awesome. That's what we do. I, I feel like that's the great thing is these photos last a lifetime, and that's why we do it. I mean, we look like fools in our Christmas pajamas, but for them, they were wearing nice clothes and have this portrait to remember. So the family portrait that was taken of the Lawsons is actually one of the pictures I will be sharing on our social, social media pages because the photo itself is very important for this specific case and also is very hair-raising. Here, Anton, let me show you the family portrait that was taken. Okay, Anton, like I said, this is a very infamous photo for this case because this was taken a couple weeks before the crime I'm about to cover. What do you think of the photo? It's very eyebrow-raising, I would yeah. say. I raised my eyebrow right when I saw it. I feel like the hairs on the back of my neck kind of stand up because I feel like it could also be like a horror movie kind of picture. Yeah, a little bit. I feel like it's one of those ones where you'd see like someone like crossing the faces out almost. Yeah. yeah. Like as like they, they, they killed the people. Yeah. And honestly, it just must have been the hairstyle that day, but some of these hairstyles are a little whack. Well, and the other thing that I was thinking about too, and you guys will will see this if you follow us on social media, the in the 20s, I don't know if it was common, but no one is smiling in the photo. And so that's also what is hair raising is because it doesn't seem like a happy photo, even though we have the context that they just spent a ton of money on the clothes that they're wearing and then spent a ton of money on the portrait to be taken. Yeah, it looks like there's only probably like maybe one of them smiling maybe. kind of but all the other ones kind of yeah have a frowny face yeah fast forward two weeks later and it is now christmas morning at the lawson family farm and one of the daughters mary was up in the kitchen baking cakes that would then be eaten later that night around the dinner table with the cakes now out of the oven and cooling charles and arthur their 19 year old son and then the two family beagles went out to go on a christmas day hunting trip for rabbits during this trip, the two ran out of ammunition, and this put a stop to their hunting. And because of it, Charles sent his son Arthur into town to load up and buy some more ammunition. And he just walked into town. It wasn't a very far walk. With Arthur now in town buying ammunition, Mary was wrapping up the baking in the kitchen. It was now around 1 p.m. on Christmas Day. This is when something switched in Charles. 
whether it was premeditated in nature or a spur of the moment, no one can really say, but this is when the family tragedy begins. Sisters Carrie, 12, and Mabel, 6, were leaving the Lawson farmhouse and heading over to their aunt and uncles who lived right up the road. As they left the house, they walked past the family's barn, and this is when their father Charles pops out from the barn and shoots both of his daughters with a shotgun. With the concern that they could possibly still be alive, he ended up continuing the attack with the handle of a farm tool called a hoe, which if you don't know what a hoe is, it is a tool used to move soil, pull weeds, and ultimately just clear soil out. With Carrie and Mabel now killed, he pulls them into the barn and then heads to the farmhouse. Charles goes to the porch of the home, where his wife is sitting and preparing Christmas dinner, and she's actively peeling potatoes when he suddenly shoots and kills her with the shotgun. Gunshots are now heard within the house to the children who are inside, which is Mary, James, and Raymond. Mary is in the kitchen, like I said, and she screams when she hears the gunshot out front, and when the door opens, her father, Charles, shoots her. James, who is four, and Raymond, who is two, is trying to hide in the house because of the gunshot that they heard when the when Charles killed the mom. Yeah, of course. They're, like, young, so of course they would probably yeah. run and hide. But you have to think he's on the porch, so they don't have a lot of time to get out of gunshots. And yeah. I don't think they know it's the dad either. They just know they heard a gunshot. But before they are able to get out of sight... Charles, their father, reloads his shotgun and shoots James and Raymond with no delay or hesitation in action. The family had also recently welcomed a baby girl named Mary Lou, who was only four months at the time. After he killed his two youngest sons, he goes to his daughter and ends up bludgeoning her to death. With most of his family completely killed in the barn and in the farmhouse, Charles flees the home and heads into the woods that were nearby the home. Hours passed, and the Lawson farmhouse was silent, until suddenly, around dusk, the sound of a single gunshot rang out from the woods. Prior to the gunshot going off, many in the people in the community and family members had actually found out about the murders. I am assuming, and like I said, this is an assumption, that they were checking on the family on Christmas Day, or maybe the aunt and uncle came over because they were expecting the nieces to come over. But sources don't say exactly how people found out and how they headed over. But with the discovery of all the bodies, police were obviously called. And so police were on scene. Each family member on scene had their arms crossed and then also had rocks placed under their heads, which to me shows guilt and remorse from the killer who is their father and spouse. Arthur, the only surviving Lawson child, if you remember, he was the one... Yeah, he was the one that went to town. ...to get ammunition, is back at the scene and is with the police when suddenly they hear the single gunshot come from the woods. The police officer who was with Arthur ran towards the sound of the shot and the dogs were also howling at the sound of the shot. It was said that the dogs were laying next to Charles' body at the scene. In addition, at the scene of the body in the woods, the police officer noticed significant footprints around a tree that looked like Charles had been pacing for hours prior to his suicide. So, like, almost like contemplating mm -hmm. yeah. killing himself. Well, but then not only that, he's probably replaying everything that happened. That's also probably true, yeah. Yeah. In addition to the pacing footsteps around the tree, they also found written letters from Charles that were to be given to his parents. And then there was one crumpled piece of scrap paper that stated, blame nobody but I. 
This case was pretty much an open and shut case because of this note and that there was no other possible perpetrator. I mean, it was pretty much a, a, a clear yeah, cut. Yeah, pretty much confessed to it. To it. And there's nobody else. And I'm assuming it was, they'll probably be able to tie the gun that he used for himself as the gun that the, he used on his family. So shortly after the mass tragedy, the bodies of the family were all brought together and buried in a single plot. And there's actually pictures that I saw in some of the sources where they had like the the seven coffins out or eight coffins out and they were all just buried in one plot. The story of a father killing practically his entire family brought a lot of attention and curiosity and brought nearly 1,500 guests to the small funeral for this family. Wow, that is a lot. A lot of people, especially for this small town. The brother of Charles Lawson ended up opening the farmhouse and land for tours because so many people were interested and intrigued in the family tragedy in the case. They even had the cakes that Mary made on Christmas morning out on display in a glass-covered case. And it was said that there was like um, a raisin or pecan on the cake that she had made with like the glaze and people were like eating or taking pieces of the cake. And so that's what prompted them to put glass like cases on over it, it. Mm-hmm. and i'm assuming they had to change that out over the years but at first yeah in the was, tours it was the cakes well yeah you would assume that it would get molded yeah and deteriorate so during this tour people speculated and rumored about the possible motive of why charles would do such a heinous thing anton after me telling you everything and some background what do you think or what's first to come to your mind would be the father's motive to kill his family well, I mean, it could have been from his brain injury. Could have been um, from when he hit his head with the axe. Yeah. Or maybe he could have just been done. Maybe he got to the point where he was just over it. So a lot of people think that the picture and the shopping spree of clothes shows that it was premeditated in nature because they didn't have that money that he spent on that day. And so they think it was kind of like a last hurrah. Yeah. Well, he did like this last hurrah with his family before he knew that he was going to kill all of them. But I don't know. I could see that, but... That's why it's an infamous picture, because it was just a couple weeks before he did the unthinkable to his family. Obviously, like I said, people talk. And this is a tiny town and you have people coming from outside of town to look at the house. And so rumors spread and things fly. And so here are a couple rumors and speculations. So the first one, which you were right on, the head injury. People believe that the head injury caused by the axe affected him more than what people originally thought it did. And it ended up leading him to commit this family massacre. But in the sources, it actually went on to say that this was a speculation and so they wanted to look into it more and so he ended up having an autopsy and analysis done of his brain to see if there was any damage or brain injury and his complete autopsy came back normal there was no abnormalities found nope okay well i know yeah modern day now or even like around now like there's a lot of head injuries that yeah cause people to live shorter lives or go I wouldn't say crazy, but kind of like you go disabled. Yeah, like a totally it, different sign. So yeah. if it's showing normal, then yeah, interesting. I know. 
So then the second one I want to cover was this was during a tour that this was heard. It was rumored that Charles was supposedly sexually abusing his oldest daughter, Mary. Books were later published on this case, one being as recent as 2006, and one of the books titled The Meaning of Our Tears disclosed that Mary had told one of her friends that she believed she was in fact pregnant with her own father's child and that both her dad and her mom, Fanny, knew about this, that, she, that they knew that she was pregnant. It was speculated that this incestuous situation put Charles over the edge and led him to massacring his family, that he could not deal with the consequences that came from having an incestuous relationship with his daughter and getting her pregnant. And so it led him to completing the massacre. But those are the two rumors and speculations that are like at the top that people say are the the motives. But at the end of the day, those are just speculation rumors. Nobody really knows. I mean, we'll never know what why actually he did happened it. or why. I guess we know what happened. I meant like why yeah. it happened or why he yeah, did it. Why he did it. And why on Christmas Day? For me, I feel like you can almost, did he have a traumatic event in life that happened on Christmas Day that he correlates that with? Or, you know, was there something going on with the family? And if there was sexual assault going on, I mean, what? What led him to that? I mean, maybe he couldn't deal with being in public and having his daughter be pregnant at his hand. But we don't know. No, we will never, and we'll never know. And just no like these people, know. it was all rumors. It was all I just mean, talk. Yeah, it's all speculation at this point. Yeah. So. Well, even with the speculations and rumors at hand, the family was still murdered and taken way, way too quickly and in such a brutal manner by someone that they should have loved, respected, and admired. And that is the case of the Lawson family murders and massacre. That is just so sad to think about. It's honestly heartbreaking because you have to think before he shot him, they saw that it was their dad. Yeah. And like he killed his three youngest kids and two of them probably were able to see him and be kind of like, almost like, why is he doing this? in a way but well and then i just i can't imagine having the nerve to in cold blood kill all of your kids and a four-month-old baby yeah i know well and i always think i'm like it's such a blessing that you know if anyone survives something like this i think it's a blessing but the fact that arthur was the only one left the amount of trauma that he must have endured after he knew his whole family had been killed in such a brutal way by his own by father. By his own father, yeah. I mean, it has to be hard to move on with your life. I ended up reading that um, Arthur ended up passing away in an accident in his like late 30s, early 40s. So, But he had, had been married and had children and went on to... Live a live a normal, normal life, life. Well, and that's what you only hope for people who are the ex, you know who go through this. Who yeah, go through this. So because he was also a victim, he's a his, victim. His whole family was just taken. He's a living victim, yeah. and he was 19 years old at the time. I mean that that's where you're going into adulthood and yeah, figuring out what you want to do. A spouse almost, and your parents are your mentors. Yeah, and he was just on a hunting trip with them. That's insane. Well, thank you for listening to Couple of Criminals. We look forward to you being back here next week where Anton will be reviewing a crime from the state of North Dakota. Until then, 
This is your couple of criminals. Signing off.